Welcome to the Be In The Room podcast, where we celebrate women of action who rebel against the status quo and create their own version of success. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, and let me tell you, I have been told countless times that I am too much, too loud, too opinionated, and was constantly encouraged to stay small to fit in. On this podcast, we celebrate living out loud, the art of reinvention, and being unapologetic in your quest for joy and happiness. Let's dive in. All right, hello, and welcome back to the Be In The Room podcast, where I am here with my new friend, Karen Laus, and I am just so excited about this conversation. She's one of those people, you know when you just meet people and you're like, ah, we like have so much in common and our stories are so similar in so many ways. And so it's been really incredible getting to know Karen in a couple of different capacities, but she is a professional speaker. Um, she works with women over 40, then helps them speak with confidence, which I think is so important and so fun. She's done some amazing things like work with NASA, Facebook, Google, Sephora, and plenty of other big brands that you have heard of. And she just has a really fun story. So Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, it's it's fun to, to see that or to listen back to you and go, oh, yes, we have I have worked at some really fun places. And, you know, I, I laugh because I think about just how, you know, like the rest of us, we're walking around with ourselves. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. We don't think about ourselves outside of ourselves. And sometimes it's fun to have other people say, oh, yeah, I've, I've done quite a few things in my life. And I love that we you and me have mm -hmm. connected as well, because it's always fun when we have a conversation. I, I agree wholeheartedly, which guys means that you are in for a fun conversation. So Karen, I'm going to have you kick us off. Like I have everybody kick us off. Tell us your story. How did you get here doing the things that you're doing? Sure. Well, I am a follower of dreams. That is the lead of my story. And ever since I was a kid growing up in Richfield, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis, I wanted to live in California, specifically San Francisco. So that was a dream of mine. I remember looking at colleges either on the East Coast or the West Coast because two of my brothers went to Dartmouth. So I thought that I wanted to go to Dartmouth, but ended up going to a small liberal arts college on the East Coast. Then I traveled in a performing group called Up With People. Some people have heard of that, maybe that are listening to this, but it's aging me quite a bit and traveled all around the world for four years. But my dream of living in San Francisco happened in 1994, where I threw a bunch of stuff in the back of my car, landed here in San Francisco and never left. So that is a little bit of my personal story. And then professionally, frankly, I started in all the customer service roles when I moved to San Francisco, just trying to make a life in my 20s. And then I landed a job as a recruiter, started in HR. Then I became a leadership consultant and corporate trainer. And there's actually a friend of mine that came to visit in San Francisco and she was staying at the Sheraton. And I remember thinking how fancy that was. And I thought, you get paid to travel and then the client pays for your food? <laughs> I said, I want a job like that. So I started working as that. I worked at The Gap for a long time. And my HR career also helped me with some connections there with training. And I specifically remember... My first day when I was actually doing my solo training where somebody had said to me, oh, I heard you did a lot of leadership training at The Gap. Can you put something together? And I remember at that moment, I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I, of course, I said yes. But then I turned around and said, what am I going to do? And to this day, that was one of my best trainings. And I remember all the, the women, it was all the financial managers from a large company that had been flown in. And I remember being at lunch. And the women said to me before I did the training, they said, so when did you become a trainer? It sounds so fun. 
And I was so still not aligned with that being part of my identity that I actually looked behind me because I thought they were talking to somebody else. Oh gosh, I so said, funny. oh my gosh, that's how people see me. Yes. So that was a, a glimpse into the beginning. And then the, my career went on from there to specialize for the last 15 years in executive presence and storytelling. So I left my corporate job in July of 2020 and I haven't looked back. That's so exciting. So how did we get from like this leadership kind of teaching and executive teaching and training to very specifically working with women over 40 and helping them speak with confidence? Like how did that yes. translate for you, Karen? Yeah, that's really my personal story. I do believe that we tend to coach ourselves from Amen. five or six years prior. So for me, I grew up in a household where my dad called the shots. And even though my mom never explicitly said I didn't have a voice, that's how I felt mm -hmm. that I needed to look to a man or an authority figure for mm -hmm. answers. And usually they were one and the same. Mm -hmm. So that's how I grew up. And at the same time, my dad taught me that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I was going to flea markets when I was six years old, negotiating deals. And he always taught me, you don't take full price ever. So I've always been really good at the fake it till you make it concept, the acting as if and being confident on the outside. But I had this problem of holding back from sharing my ideas in certain environments. And it was all related to not feeling valuable enough. Right. I doubted whether I had enough to offer. Would I get judged? Would people, would I rock the boat? And God forbid, you know, growing up in the Midwest, it's like you have to accommodate everybody else, mm -hmm. especially as a woman. So all of that led to where I realized I have to make a shift. And I've always been obsessed with personal growth, but it was in September of 2019 when I put that stake in the ground and I said, I am going to focus on being a professional speaker. And I invested in something called Mic Drop Workshop hosted mm -hmm. by Jeff Ekstrom and that she helps women get on big stages. So I invested in that, had planned to quit my job by the next year. And then of course COVID happened. So I quit in July instead of December. And because of my story, being over 40, being a woman that held back, and once I started speaking mm -hmm. my truth, I realized, oh my gosh, this is so freeing. I want everybody to feel this way. So that's why I want to focus and do focus on women over 40. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And it's so interesting that you said this idea of, you know, growing up in a house where, you know, your dad called the shots and feeling like our ideas aren't valuable. So we, um, we do what we call collaboration calls and be in the room. And so we, we come up with topics and then we pop everybody into small zoom rooms. But a recent conversation that we had was around putting yourself first mm. and the ways that you put yourself first. And of course, in that brainstorm, Karen, it came up of like, why do you think that we don't like, do you think that men sit around and have this conversation? The answer is no. Right. But why do you think that we do that? And so much of it does like we we talked about that like generationally, because one of my favorite things about being in the room is we we represent literally every decade from 20 to 70, which just makes my heart happy. Yeah. But you know, the 22 year old was like, yeah, no, like it's a 50 50 partnership or I'm out. Right. Whereas I feel as the older we got, the more that we, we watched our parents model was just that right. Not out of malice or anything, but just because right. 
what you do, what we do. So I think it's really interesting that, yeah, as women, like we're literally like reteaching ourselves that we matter, our values, yeah. like what's important to us matters, like time for ourselves matters. Um, do you find that in, in the clients that you serve as well, that they really struggle to, to put themselves first? Yes, absolutely. Well, and as a matter of fact, I'm in a book called Invisible No More, Stepping mm -hmm. Into the Spotlight. And my chapter specifically is called Trust Your Own Voice. Well, so for good. too long, I trusted other people or felt like, well, they know better than me or that's my mm -hmm. boss, so I better do what they say. And I've realized in a very sobering way ever since I launched my business, because I've had a lot more conversations about this with women now, how many people doubt themselves and are in exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Just not trusting themselves. It's so wild. It's so, so wild that we do that. Even the women that feel like appear the most powerful, because like you said, yes. I mean, you can, yes. you know, most like, of the people I work with are senior leaders, right? Yeah. Uh, and like, I, that literally came out in like a lot of the coaching I did in 2021 was around, yeah, this idea that I deferred to other people that I thought had more experience than me. So I was like, oh, yeah. that person is better. That person is better. Even though like my gut the whole time was screaming, this isn't right. Yes. Like, oh, but they, but they know better. They've done this before. They've more experience. They make more money, you know, and, and totally deferred to that. And I remember saying that out loud to someone and they were like, you you know, like you, you, you right. you're so confident. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm confident in a lot of ways, but there's right. other ways that I'm not. And I think that we forget that sometimes we see the external shell of people and we're like, oh, that's who they are, but it's always hidden in there somewhere. Right. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. So one of the things that we, you know, we celebrate at, at be in the room and in this community is this idea of, um, you know, rebelling against the status quo, right? Like just, you know, what society, the path we're supposed to climb, the things that we're supposed to do, um, if they serve us and they fulfill us amazing, if they don't, don't, right? So what was kind of that moment when you knew that you needed to go do your own thing, that you knew where you were, the path you were on was like not it for you? Because it sounds like you were doing similar work that you're doing now as a as an yes. entrepreneur. So what was kind of that thing that yeah. pushed you out? Yeah, for sure. Well, I will say there were two times in my life where I left corporate. One was 2003. And I've just always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I've always had clients on the side, even when I was in my nine to five. But what's so cool now about this second time of leaving is that it was much more purposeful. Okay. In 2003, it was more, hey, let's do this thing. Cool. And I remember people going, I can't believe you're going to do this and give up your secure job. And I was thinking, there's really no security. I, at that time, I'd already been laid off once and I thought I'd rather bet on myself. So I'm the type of person that just jumps and goes for things without thinking too much. But this time, I will say for about two years, because I did really love my job, but there were about two years I was feeling pretty stuck. I felt like a racehorse behind the gates. Like, ah, I have all this energy, but I want to sink my teeth into something that really aligns with what I want. And because I had been there for 14 years, it was kind of at this place of, I don't know. It's kind of more of the same. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of soul searching during that time. And then I, that's when I realized I'm putting that stake in the ground. My dream, my entire life, ever since I was in high school is to be a speaker. And I was already doing that being right. luckily, I mean, fortunate to fly all over with these amazing brands and all these different companies throughout the world. But I wanted to do it for myself and specifically to help women from the inside out. Right. Because I was coaching people on how to be good speakers and how to communicate with confidence 
in the corporate space, but it was all on how we came across on the outside. And I mm -hmm. wanted to focus on when we would have, when we butt up against those natural conversations of, I just don't feel good enough. And somebody would tell me that privately. I couldn't dig into that in my job. It would, right. I, of course I would acknowledge it, but then it would be, okay, let's talk about how you use your hands or, you know, let's talk about your posture. Whereas now I can dive deeper because to me, that's what helped me. Yeah. Um, I think it's really amazing. And I, I think that's such an important part of like what I think is missing from the corporate world. So I was having a cup of coffee recently with a woman and we were talking about, you know, what's happened in the workforce with COVID and, you know, the number of women that have left the workforce and, you know, the states, all the different states want women to come back so they can get their funding and all this stuff. And I'm like, but I think what they've missed is that um, what they've missed is that women didn't leave because they don't want to work. They left because they didn't want to work for you. Right. And it's because of what you just said, right? Because somebody is very clearly expressing an, an issue, a challenge, something that's keeping them from doing their job. And you, as someone who's paid, like can't fix the problem. Uh -huh. Oh, that's not what I'm here to do. Exactly. And this idea that, that possibly that that person not feeling good enough was impacting their job. Like, yes, why don't you have those conversations at work. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about that because it's such a uh, one of the things that I've realized as an entrepreneur is that I actually find a lot of joy in creating employment and creating a place where people get to come to work, feel appreciated, feel seen, feel heard. And like, can say, I'm not feeling that. Like I had a conversation with a woman on my team the other day and I was like, do you want to do that? And she was like, no. And I was so excited that she told me no, because yeah. I knew in any other work environment, she would have been like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Even though she was like, no lady, this is not what you hired me to do. Um, so, you know, how do you, cause I, I just know that you're, you're a strong person and, and you feel that way too. Like it's, we've got to fix the inside and the outside. So how have you done that as an entrepreneur, either in empowering your clients or in your team, like giving them that space to really do the inner work? The cool thing about this with my team that I'm really proud of that also was foundational from my corporate work mm -hmm. is being able to leverage their strengths. I'm a huge believer in what do you love to do? Very similar to what you already said. But what I find so fascinating is that most people aren't used to somebody saying, what do you really want to do? And, or if we can't hire someone to do the thing you really don't want to do yet, then mm -hmm. how long can you, how long right. can you tolerate doing that thing and keeping up the lines of communication? And I know that sounds so trite and just like, oh, what everybody says, but it's amazing how you have to be intentional about it. Because one of the things, especially in corporate that I found is that we were just, it, you have so little time for things. You're constantly split in so many different directions and now thinking wow like really taking ownership of i am actually a ceo and an owner of a team a business and i have this team of people and i try to every week celebrate them i usually send them a, a friday boxer message that says something like hey remember the purpose of why we're here you are all contributing to this mission of reaching 10 million women to overcome self-doubt and speak with confidence and that I'd say is the biggest thing is keeping the lines of communication open and just simply the invitation of mm -hmm. the, the option right. of doing something different. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I think that's so fun. And and we talk a lot about that too. Like what is our mission and enrolling people in our mission? And I think we forget as business owners, like we, it's not just enrolling clients in our mission. We have to enroll our team in our missions too. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that's, that's really amazing. But that question, like, what do you want to do is such a loaded question for so well, many women. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that's, that's why also in that two year period, I was feeling so stuck right. and I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's why I say, I think, but I think part of the problem of me not going for the professional speaking career earlier was because for me, I feel like I generally reach the dreams that I set out to do. And I don't say that in an arrogant way. I just say that generally speaking, I do. And so if that is, that's like my, my big be all end all dream. If I reach that, then what? Ooh. So fear of, ah, uh, well then what will I have to look forward to? And I had to face that in 2019 when I put that stake in the ground and I paid for Jess's program and I'm just loving it. So I'm loving so the what, What's your then what? What happens when like you're killing it and you're making all of your dreams come true? Like then what? How did you, how did you wrestle that? I know. Well, I'm still working at it. My big dream is to speak at the Chase Center in San Francisco oh, and that. to be the main event. And I was there for the Journey concert last week. We're recording this. Now. I think it's April 4th or 5th, whatever day it is. And when I went, I remember thinking I got chills because it was the first time I had seen it. It was brand. It's a brand new stadium. Okay. And of course I was excited to see journey, but I was actually more internally excited, imagining myself on that stage Ugh. with all of these women there to be feeling empowered, to feel free. And I just can't think of anything better than a huge group of women coming together Ugh. to just rally for that. Yeah. That's so exciting because that is one of the things when you're a high achiever, right? You're a high performer. And most of the women who listen to this podcast would identify in that way, right? Where it's like, yeah, you're, you're the one that when like somebody needs something to be done, they come to you and like, you know that, Hey, once I put this out in the universe, it's, it's going to happen. It might take a little while, but it's going to happen. Um, in some days that's almost as intimidating as the, what if nothing changes, right? Um, Absolutely. Isn't that a weird thing? But I remember when somebody first talked about fear of success, I was thinking, what is that like? Right? <laughs> At first, I didn't resonate with it. And then, I don't know, I don't really think I'm afraid of it. But I think it's more of the, oh, the time that it's going to take the effort that it's going to take to make the thing happen. Yeah, I never resonated with fear of success either until until pretty recently. Where it was like, yeah, like what if everything in your life lined up the way that you wanted it to? And I think that's just because like as a society, we're taught that it's hard, right? We're taught marriage is hard. We're taught that work is hard. We're taught that, you know, climb the ladder. We taught that things are, you know, like we're literally conditioned to believe that it should be hard. So this idea that I could have this life, that nothing is hard and I have the things that I want and all this other stuff. It's like, literally your brain can't get there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can see that when you're living your dreams that you're not still challenged in different ways. But yeah, our brains are like, no, 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 no. The struggle, the struggle is is normal. <laughs> yes. I can remember one of my very first coaches when he was holding me accountable to things to get to where I wanted to build my business. And I will never forget when I just said, I just don't want to do any of it. <laughs> and he said, well, what would be the most fun Right. And I said, talking to people, because I love socializing. I'm a classic extrovert. And that's when he said, start doing that. You've made your list of people, start calling them and talking to them. And I thought, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I felt like I had my marching orders. Yes, that's fun. 
So it's funny. Sometimes people say start with the hard thing first. Some people go the opposite. For me, that worked. Yeah. Well, I just think this whole idea of fun is really important too. Like I was just recently at a retreat and um, we were talking about fun and a couple of the women, we were like, yeah, no, we're, I'm just not fun. And like, I feel that way. Like I'm not fun. Be, not that I'm not like a fun person or funny. I just like people are like, what would you do if you had a whole day to yourself? And I'm like, I would oh. just read a book and go for a walk. And, but I think it's also just like the season of life that I'm in where some people are like, yeah, I would go to a concert and I would do this and I would go explore this and da, 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 da. And so I have to remember that it's also sometimes the season of life that we're in. Right. Yes. 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 Growing so a business, two tiny humans. My life looks different than it will in five years. Yes. Yes. Um, it's so I love that phrase. I can't think of the saying exactly, but something like, you know, when you're, it's usually comes from where you're, when you might feel discouraged to say, remember when you wanted the things that you only wished for that you have now, I can't remember it. Do you, right. do you, do you, do you know what I'm talking something about? Along those lines, like remember when you like prayed for the things that you have now or something yes. along those yes. lines, which is so, it's so true, right? It's so, so true that we just, and we just keep you know, like you said, if I achieve all my dreams, what will I look forward to? Like we're so programmed, like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So I want to pivot back to your work and, and confidence because confidence is somewhat of a loaded word, right? It means different things to different yes. people. So when you say that you help women speak with confidence, what does that mean? Like what does confidence mean yeah. in your community and how you define it, Karen? Yeah, absolutely. So I look at executive presence or simply presence, however you want to say it, leadership presence, and then the other is content, the words that you're actually saying. Okay. So for example, let's look at the credibility, the energy, and if, if I like to talk about leadership presence in three buckets, which is connection, energy, and credibility. Okay. And one of the ways that we project confidence or not is through our voice. Sure. And you're probably quite familiar with upspeak or up talk, that slang terminology for when we say a statement with a question instead. And most, a lot of people do this, especially in their introductions. So I usually model it. Do you want me to give it? Yes, do it. Model? So there's two options here. You tell me which introduction is better. Hi, I'm Karen Laus, and I'm originally from Minneapolis, but now I live in San Francisco. Versus option two. Hi, I'm Karen Laus. I'm originally from Minneapolis, but now I live in San Francisco. Yes. Option so two all time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only thing I did is declare what I was saying. Say, yeah. state, punctuate. Most of us don't punctuate our words. And that's one example from a leadership presence perspective. But it also includes posture, facial expressions. But I'd say that most of the work that I do, especially with women, is in our voice. Right eliminating those filler words, that credibility is directly linked to pausing and speaking with declaration, remembering to have a lightness in your facial expression rather than the RBF, the, you know, the, the resting B face for those right. who haven't heard of that. But then there's also the content piece. I, I'm so fortunate for the amount of people that say, you're in my head every time I think, what would Karen say? So I give people sentence prompts and words for how to say things, how to phrase things. So mm -hmm. might be dealing with a conflict or I don't know about you, Ryan, but I always like to say I'm a recovering rambler. Oh yeah. So for anybody listening that tends to ramble or get off on a tangent, I have a very specific tip for that, which is to stop yourself in the moment when you notice that you're rambling, pause, and then say, my point is this, mm. your point, or 
pause, gather your thoughts, and say your point. Right. So those are a couple of examples of really helping women to be equipped with what to say and how to say it. I love that. And I think that's so interesting that you say that. I, one of my one of my kind of things that I do that I know they say not to is I end a lot of things with, does that make sense? Yes, that's one of my nine words to avoid and what to say instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know that it's because it the way that I, in my head, I'm like, I'm just making sure that you're picking up what I'm putting down. Right. Yep. But the perception actually is like that I'm looking for validation. Right. Isn't that, isn't that yeah. why those words are about yeah. that? Either that or it's, it's just patronizing as if they didn't get it, like that they mm. aren't able to understand what you're saying. And the truth is, it's kind of a wasted phrase because who's going to say, no, that doesn't make sense. I mean, the occasional person, if they feel really good around you. But for example, if I'm like, I teach facilitators how to facilitate too. <laughs> So when I'm teaching facilitators, when you say, does that make sense to a group of people? <laughs> Very rarely will somebody say no, if they actually feel need clarification, a better way to thing to say would be what resonated for you with that, or how did that land for you? Mm -hmm. Or what are you taking away from what I just said? Things right. like that, which gives you a much meatier answer anyway. Right. I love that. I think that's that's really powerful and important, right? We always say that words matter, right? That words matter the way we talk about ourselves and all those different things. Words matter in the way we present as well. Yes, absolutely. They do. I love that. Well, I'm sure, Karen, you could go on for days and days and days with all sorts of different examples of how we do this, especially as women. Um, yeah. But where can people learn more about you, follow you, uh, become part of your world? You know, I've only been in your world for a very short amount of time at the time we're recording this, but you put out really great content. You show up in a really powerful way. So where can people get more of that? Well, thank you. I have a podcast and a Facebook group with the same name, and that is Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. I am also on Instagram, LinkedIn, all of the places. And Karen Laus, last name L-A-O-S, is my website. So I welcome anybody who wants to connect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And Karen, Karen is an open networker like myself, so you should definitely uh, reach out and connect with her there. So Karen, thanks for your time. You're welcome. You too. Thanks again for listening to the Be In The Room podcast. We love spending time with you every single week. If you loved this podcast, we would absolutely appreciate if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review and share this with another woman of action who wants to rebel against the status quo and become the best version of herself. See you next week.